The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Man Coverage. Uh, I am Mike Payton of Pride of Detroit. This week we've got a very, very, very good guest. I mean, this we're, we're pumped. Everybody is talking about this in the Slack. This is like the biggest guest we've had. And we've had former NFL players and we've had Emmy Award winners and, and all sorts of things. Um, today we have on NFL Insider, Josina Anderson. Josina, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you having me, Mike. Um. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. I know you have a very busy schedule, so we're going to go ahead and go right into it. And I just kind of want to start things off. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to talk a little bit about uh, about you. And um, I just want to let's I like to start at the beginning with, with my guests. And I kind of like to go back to to D.C. here. And, uh, you know, so you were born in, in Washington, D.C. And I just want to know, uh, you know, what, did you have a big sports upbringing and and um who were some of your earlier inspirations to uh, to get into to journalism? Um, well, I mean, I guess my love for sports kind of centered around my ability um, to, um, you know, play them very well when I was young. Um, I was the fastest uh, female in my school and, um, you know, played a variety of sports and track and basketball and things like that. Um, I come from a family who uh very sports oriented in terms of, you know, consuming it on television and things like that. So that's kind of where um, it, it came from. And um, from an early age, I knew that I wanted to be involved in sports journalism and um, obviously have pursued that since I was a teenager and um, have been doing it ever since. So you mentioned that that you ran track, and I, I read that you um, you won some some AAU uh, medals in the Junior Olympics. Um, was there ever any thought of going into the you know the big Olympics? Uh, did you ever try to qualify? Or um, you know, I it was one of those things where I was um, you know pretty dominant <laughs> in elementary school, junior high, uh, and high school. Um, you know, and then we, when I started to kind of get towards the college level, uh, as far as like an individual athlete in an individual sport, um, you know, it was less dominant. And so, 
you know, in track and field where it, it the training is so arduous. Um, you know, when I was at Chapel Hill, we would train four hours a day, five hours a day, five, six, you know, days a week. <laughs> um, and when I look back at that, I don't even know how I kept up that schedule. Um, but it is just, it wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. Track is something that I was good at. Uh, but the training is really not something I never really looked forward to, particularly as I advanced in um, the, the length of the distances in order to stay more competitive at the college level. And, um, you know, when you run track, it's like you have to, it's like you're, you know, trying to get your mind ready to, to go into a race where you know you're going to have instant booty lock and your, and your body's going to hurt. And that's just not really that fun. Um, you know, it's, it's fun when you're doing it in a short sprint. But over time, the length of the races and how you have to train is very arduous. So um, I kind of quit it for a while, went to UNC soccer for like a semester and, you know, tried out for that team, made it. And then I ended up coming back to track. And then that was kind of the end of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did uh, track and field for my senior year in high school. It was either that or get a job. And and uh, we did shot put and disc and I ran one time and it was, we called it the fat man relay. And uh, it's not easy. Man. It, it, you think it's just running, but like uh, it, I only did a quarter of the track and, and I thought I was going to die. So I, I can't imagine doing it as much as you were doing and, and, and training as much as you were. I just, it scares me to even think about it. Just being a well, fat one man. Thing I would thinking say, about running that <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is that, you know, uh, being a track athlete definitely makes you um, very mentally strong um, because, you know, the type of, you know, pain that you kind of put your body into to be a runner and to get faster as a runner. So you constantly have you constantly have to be outdoing yourself, um, you know, every week in order to basically on a scientific level, create more oxygen pathways so that you can, you know, be getting better and better and better. And that's very taxing. But mentally, um, you know, I'm very glad that I did that sport because I feel like it gave me, you know, the fortitude to, you know, kind of, you know, be who I've become uh, prayerfully and um, especially in an industry that is, uh, you know, male dominated, especially, you know, um, you know, the things that you have to kind of mentally weather in order to ascend to this, you know, level, um, you know, I, I can see where um, it, it, it paid off. It paid off for me in, in that sense. So that for that instance or for that aspect, rather, uh, you know, I'm grateful. Yeah. So, it, you know, you mentioned your work ethic and, and it's it's clearly showed, um, you know, throughout your career, we've all watched you. Uh, on ESPN. And, and I know you have a new podcast out today or, or out now. And I definitely want to talk about that as well. But uh, I'm just curious, you know, if you could give any sort of um, advice to, to, to you know, a journalist who's, who's trying to aspire to be like you. Um, I mean, what, what is, what is it that you got to have? What is that key, key piece? What is the X factor that you got to have to get to where you are? Um, well, you have to organically be passionate about it. You know, it can't be something that, um, you know, you're doing because you kind of like the extrinsic benefit. So like I naturally am, uh, you know, a news junkie, um, you know, as far as sports, you know, as far as news, you know, like I, I can sit around and watch 
you know, the news and sports all day. Um, and so from that to that end, it's not something that I feel like feels like a job. Secondly, I would say that, you know, especially early in my career, um, you have to be willing to, you know, work for free or do what it takes to, you know, gain the access so that you can get your foot into the door. Um, you know, thirdly, you have to realize the value of information. Information in this country, no matter what sector it comes from, is a commodity and it is gold. And if you are the one that has the information, you will find yourself, you know, uh, in demand in some, you know, form or fashion. And so um, the other thing I would say, fourthly, is, you know, do whatever you can to become an expert of what it is that you're talking about. Um, you know, when I was at ESPN and becoming an insider, knowing that I was going to have to be talking off the cuff, I don't use teleprompters when I'm speaking. Um, you know, if they're going to come to me and I'm sitting beside the likes of an Adam Schefter or a Chris Mortensen um, or whoever that you consider, you know, top level um, uh, in this business, particularly in the insider niche, you know, I need to be able to know that when I'm speaking, I'm in command of talking contracts, talking metrics, talking the labor of the league, talking about, you know, players, talking about the game, analysis. Um, and so if I'm on the set and news breaks that, you know, X player has signed a contract, I need to be able to, you know, break it down credibly and not have them come to me and be stammering. Um, you know, if you're talking about a trade, you know, being able to talk about the implications, if, you know, there is strife in the league as far as uh, whether, you know, they'll, uh, the players will be playing or not, being able to break down the labor aspects. Um, I knew um, in that role that those were the things that were going to help me to be and sound credible um, next to, quite frankly, the men who, because it really is only men <laughs> um, for the most part that uh, has that title, um, um, as far as insider, that I needed to be able to be in command of that. And so those are the things that I focused on. Um, what else would I say as far as advice? Um, and I think, you know, this is something that I've definitely learned, you know, over time growing in the business is outside of the things that I'm talking about in terms of how you compose yourself and be in command in front of the camera. Um, there are things that you have to um you know, kind of learn in terms of maintaining your longevity in the business. And one of the biggest things that I would say now is, um, you know, mastering the game of people um, in terms of making connections, um, a lot about getting jobs, maintaining jobs um, is more so in this business um, is about, you know, who you know um, and, you know, less about, um, you know, who is, I would say, always from a meritocracy standpoint, you know, deserving to be there. But once you're in the door, you know, it is your information and your quality and all those other things that help to maintain. In addition to that, what I mean by mastering the game of people is also, um, you know, navigating the politics, navigating, you know, the corporate aspect of, um, you know, any place that you're at. And the way I would put a button on that is by saying that, um, you know, especially in terms of how we manage ourselves in any aspect, um, you know, kind of learning to allow time and silence to speak for you, even in instances 
where you are uh, right or feel the need to um, speak up um, and kind of mastering that timing as well. That's really good advice. I know that we have a lot of, you know, um, aspiring writers that listen to, to our program. And obviously, you know, I've, I've, I'm, you know, a columnist, I would love to be, you know, where you're at. And to, so I take that advice as well. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I think everybody listening would appreciate that as well. Um, I kind of also want to, I'm wondering, like, you know, when we, when we look at, um, NFL insiders, I, I think the, the, what we get in our mind is we, we see a, the person with, uh, multiple phones in their hands and, um, is constantly on the clock. I mean, it is, what is it? I mean, what is it like to do this job? What does a day to day look like as a sport, as an you know, an NFL insider, a sports insider? Do you have the multiple phones? Is that something that uh, that comes with the? Well, game yeah. Or? I mean, you guys, you know, people have seen me, you know, when it's trade deadline day or what have you, you know, managing that. Um, and but you know, everything is about level and degrees. And you know, uh, someone like uh, Schefter. Um, you know, Ian Rappaport or what have you, when you um, are doing it, even at that level, there's a certain commitment that you have to have in terms of being vigilant 24 hours a day, um, you know, around the clock. Obviously, certain things are made easier, um, you know, when news is provided. Um, obviously, we're not going to discount, you know, that because that's just reality. Um, but at the same time, there's a, a level of connectivity, no matter even if that is the case that you have to maintain in order to, you know, be productive um, at that level consistently. Um, in terms of your other, the other part of your question, what is it like? I mean, you know, it's about, you know, being vigilant over TweetDeck pretty much, you know, around the clock if you're really trying to stay on it. Sometimes I tell people if I'm breaking, um, stop it. Sorry, I'm talking to my dog. If you are breaking <laughs> a flurry of news um, or if you see me doing that, you can kind of have a, a, an idea that I'm more around, you know, Twitter and I'm watching it more. If I'm more silent, I'm probably not watching it as closely or I'm just busy, you know, doing something that I hope to drop, you know, um, that I hope to drop later. But I would say that, um, you know, it's really important to keep your eye on it because someone might tweet something that uh, is a lead for you that you didn't know or you didn't think. And it might cause you to make a call that then you then, you know, uh, you know, find out other news. So, like, for example, the other day when, um, you know, something had, oh, something I had made a call on the AB thing because AB was in, in the news and then I called the source and then. Um, as a result of that call, because I saw something and was, you know, wondering about it with regards to that team. And then I received other information in regards to Des Bryant because of that. So things like that happen all the time because, you know, there's so much connectivity from one transaction to there has to be, you know, something on the flip side or if this, you know, wide receiver is going, you know, who is losing a job or if, you know, this is happening, how is another team trying to compete? And if you think of it more as a piece of a bigger puzzle, it can intuitively lead you to make one call to the next and to the next. So that's why you have to, you know, kind of keep vigilant over it from a macro level. And the last thing I would say to that aspect is, you know, specifically also when I was in Denver, one of the things that I never did, no matter even where I was hired or wh who I was currently working for, um, I never let myself be bound geographically. 
by where I was, meaning, um, you know, I didn't just cover the Broncos. You know, I was breaking news on the Chiefs or, you know, or the Washington uh, Redskins at the time, now the Washington football team, um, you know, the Eagles or who have what have you. So the larger point being is that, you know, break the news where your sources are. And as your sources expand and travel to different teams and so forth, will your network grow? Wow. Uh, I would imagine it's got to be kind of a rush, right? When it's like trade deadline and, and everything's flying at you. I mean, is, is there a certain high that you get off of this or? Um, I mean, definitely. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you like to, uh, you know, get a, a big get and, you know, certainly um, I would say that, um, you know, it, it's something that I've been blessed to do often. So it's not as, you know, a bit of a, you know, you know, what have you. Um, the other day I broke the uh, Odell Beckham news and I, it was the same day that I had to tape three interviews for my podcast and somebody, uh, a manager had to call me from a comedian that I had been interviewing for my show. He's like, why don't you have this news on your Instagram? Everyone else is citing everywhere else. And I was just like, oh, well, you know, so, and part of that too is because it's not so much like, oh, you know, like, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm blase about it. But actually, I think there's a really good point to illuminate in that is that, you know, the news was about a player, you know, losing his um, ability to play for the whole season. It was the same, you know, uh, game and week that Landon Collins also lost his ability to play to a season-ending injury. And that's not something that I also really want to come across like I'm trying to celebrate, you know. so that really was what was on my mind. You know, those are two athletes that I've covered since the day one of them coming into the league. And so even though I did end up putting something on my Instagram, I really did it in the way of trying to post, you know, something that I thought about them as athletes and, um, you know, and posting something that illuminated the, the hard walk that I knew that was ahead of them and the appreciation for them as players because that's how I would want it to come across me. Imagine like these players calling me and then I look like, you know, come look at me, come, you know what I'm saying? I don't like, you know, I, I think there's a human element to that. And hopefully the athletes, the, you know, the general managers, front office people that talk to me know that about me. And hopefully that makes it more of a reason to talk to me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I couldn't understand it. Poss- I couldn't possibly understand from a national uh, view, but I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying in terms of the, uh, you know, covering the lions, you know, do you get to know these guys over the course of a summer and not everybody makes it. Um, and they're, they're publicly being fired. Basically it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to watch that happen. And, and you definitely, um, you don't want to be the story about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. I, I think I understand what you're saying. And it's not that I'm not saying you can't take command of your story. Or I don't tweet about stories that are difficult or what have you. But I, what I'm also saying is that I realize that, you know, uh, when I'm being given news, you know, the people that my sources that I've built, the network that I've built over, you know, a 20 year career, or what have you, you know, these people are also making a choice to give it to me. And I, there, there's an aspect of that of also understanding that and having some sort of human recognition of that too, especially when it involves, you know, something uh, that is a uh, painful or physical, you know, lost, you know, to their time playing or potentially, you know, season ending or career ending, you know what I mean? So there's that aspect too. 
Right. Well, I want to uh, wrap up this segment, but first I, I just want a quick, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you started a new podcast recently in September. Uh, it's called undefined. Um, Mm-hmm. I just uh, could you tell us some more about that? It, um, it's, I, I, I saw that you had Jocelyn Benson uh, on this week, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the Secretary mm-hmm. of State of Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. So you got a lot of listeners here in Michigan. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so the reason um, why I called it undefined is because it's supposed to signify to anybody in any industry, any worker, any person that's unemployed. Um, that, you know, you're not defined by who pays you or who has paid you, um, that you are not defined by what you've done, um, you know, that you have the ability to speak outside of what you're currently known for. Um, and, you know, those things are very, you know, you know, kind of powerful tenants to me at this point in my career. And that's why I wanted to use a word to name my um, digital show and podcast that kind of signifies that, you know, transition. Um, a lot of people know me for being an insider in the NFL, and I love that. And I, you know, want to be connected to sports in in in, in that way. But as you mentioned, I also interviewed the um, Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, um, the Majority Whip from Congress, the James E. Clyburn, and John Ossoff, and all these other people, or what have you, um, reggae artists and actors and things. And I want to be able to have the ability to speak to whomever about whatever. Um, and that includes speaking to those people about sports too. <laughs> so um, that really is what that was. And also signifying to people that, you know, you can make a transition from being uh, at a major place, of course, me being at ESPN for 10 years and, you know, having your voice and trying to cultivate that. And, um, you know, with the biggest message, I think of all being that all of us can green light ourselves. We don't have to wait to be hired by somebody. We don't have to wait to get a yes from somebody else. We don't have to wait to be validated by, you know, somebody else. You know, I'm doing these interviews outside of my studio and, you know, the people will still come. Yeah, that's, that's, I love that. Uh, I love the name. I love you. Why you, why you chose that. Um, I highly recommend everybody listen to this show. It's great. Um, I, I found it on Spotify. I'm sure it's on uh, Apple Podcasts and all the uh, places you can find your podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, all right, Thank so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you through our lightning round. But first, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Man Coverage. I'm uh, Mike Payton. Today we're talking with Justina Anderson, and uh, we are going to put you through our 10 question lightning round. Now, this is a uh, 
a multitude of questions. So there's some football stuff. There's some uh, food stuff. There's some entertainment things. Um, everybody who's gone through has survived. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready as I'll ever be, I guess. <laughs> All right. Right. All right. So I'll start us off with our first question. I know the election thing's going on right now, and that's pretty much all anybody's watching. But outside of that, what what are you watching? What TV show are you streaming? What are you getting into right now? Lately, uh, Jack Ryan. So uh, I watched all two uh, seasons pretty much within side of uh, three days. And um, that was kind of my latest thing. And um, currently looking for something now because I just finished that. <laughs> Yeah, Jack Ryan, great, great show. I haven't watched the second season yet, but the first season we we absolutely loved. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see Jim Halpert out there uh, kicking some oh, ass. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, uh, I, I love thrillers and things like that, so it's, yep. uh, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. All right. Now, this one's a little bit of a harder question. Um, most most of our guests have, have named one or two, maybe even three people. But who's your favorite football player ever? My favorite football player ever? <laughs> um, I have to I have to give you my favorite team to cover. It's probably easier because I, I, I just literally cannot come up with an individual. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I Lions, would say... Right? <laughs> Um, well, uh, listen, I love covering the NFL as a whole and no matter what the record is, I love covering, you know, the teams. Um, so I love covering the league and, and, that, and that does include the Detroit Lions. Sure. Um, but as far as, you know, a specific team, um, I would say, you know, the Seattle Seahawks from the days of the LOB Legion of Boom. Um, and from being a, you know, obviously a journalist who likes to talk to, you know, people who are loquacious and don't have any fear of giving comments after games and, um, you know, being a very physical alpha team. When you think of, you know, Sherman and um, Marshawn Lynch and Cam Chancellor and all of the people that made up that team. I, I mean, um, that was a very, Doug Baldwin, um, Cliff Averill, that was a very just, uni uh, Brandon Browner, that was a very unique bunch of individuals who totally were, fearless uh and post-game press conferences and yeah. interviews so that was a, a fun time yeah they were without a doubt one of the funnest teams that we've we've got the pleasure of watching over the last 10 years for sure mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. all right here's another tough one for you uh backstreet boys are in sync uh in sync I think I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. No, that's fine. There's no wrong answer there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, right. I, I, <laughs> um, I think I know the answer to this one. Cause we heard, we heard him or her earlier dogs or cats. Definitely dogs. No question about it. Um, uh, dogs are, are, are just, you know, like people on four legs, you know, and, and, and less aloof. Um, and just, I, I love my dog, obviously anyone who follows me on Instagram. So, no doubt about it, dogs. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie, I would say, is The Other Bolin Girl. Um, it's a movie with um, Natalie Portman um, and uh, Scarlett Johansson and Eric Bana, I think is the pronunciation of the last name. Uh, very, very good uh, movie in terms of the script, the cinematography, 
the, uh, the everything about it. Um, so, 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 so good. I've watched that movie over and over and over again, has great lessons in there. Um, you know, stories of love are timeless um, and all the things that you go through with it and um, power, money, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's a really, really good movie. Good movie. Wow. I, you know, Josina, thank you so much because, you know, not to, not to down talk everybody else's choices, but we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of, you know, your classic uh, movie choices. I mean, to hear, I'm a film snob myself. Uh, so to hear somebody uh, bring up a movie like that, um, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought that. I'm, I'm glad you went that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. All right. So every week I put, I put a guest through a quick scenario. Um, and, and you'll be no different. So let's do, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to put you at the 30 yard line with 20 seconds left and, and the Legion of boom, you know, Seattle Seahawks of the, of the, of the day, <clears throat> you're down six. What would you do to win that game? If down six um, at the 30 yard line and how much time is on the clock? You got 20 seconds. Oh, 20 seconds. No, no time. Um, uh, well, two plays. The first play would be a Wilson pass, and the second play would be Marshawn to punch it in. We'll take it. I mean, it's that so, simple. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, hopefully with 20 seconds, you can throw a pass, you know, a slant to get the ball out of bounds and, you know, stop the clock. And then the second play could be, you know, the play that should have happened the second time that they – were poised to win the Super Bowl and, you know, right. elected to pass and should have, you know, should have punched it in. So basically replaying what did not happen and, and doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just about to say you were, you just would have corrected Daryl Bevel's mistake. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Just a few more questions here. So if you could what? be a pro pro athlete, what sport would you play? Um, basketball or baseball, you know, any sport where I can have more, uh, you know, longevity and uh, a higher likelihood of guaranteed, uh, money. So, uh, you know, if I had a son, that's what I would probably push him towards. <laughs> um, you know, if, 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 if he were asking for my advice. All right. What, what are your go-to pizza toppings? Pepperoni and sausage, um, thin slice. I don't like a, a deep dish. Um, less cheese now in my adulthood than in my younger days and plenty of sauce, although now it's rare that I do eat pizza. Um, kind of a big proponent of limiting your dairy intake. Um, and, you know, trying to be more alkaline um, aware. <laughs> that yeah, was a lot. Well, I understand. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I know like the dairy causes a lot of inflammation inside the body. And yeah, I, yeah. we're trying to do that yeah. too at our house. It's a little hard yeah, though with the ice cream about and all juicing that. Juicing more. <laughs> yep. I'm definitely about juicing more, eating more raw, staying more alkaline, you know, keeping the lymph system moving, you know, all those things. So yeah. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, two more questions. Nike or Adidas? <laughs> I'm a very detailed person, as you can see. Um, no, so I love it. Nike I love or it. Adidas, uh, Nikes or Adidas? Um, both. I can't give you one or the other. I have Adidas. I have Nike. There's some things that I like from Nike. There's some things I have Adidas. I, I 
been given, you know, things from both sides as far as sneakers and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I like both. I can't, I can't give you one or the other right now. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I also, mm-hmm. yeah, I also have both. So that's fair. All right. So, okay. Mm-hmm. This is the big question. All right. This is, this is mm-hmm. what you're here for, Justina. This is the big one. Mm-hmm. Our quarterback wins real. You said your quarterback, what? Our quarterback wins real. Hold on one second. Someone's calling me. I don't understand the question. Your quarterback wins real. What do you mean? No, no, like uh, quarterback wins as a st- as a t- statistic. Is that do you believe those are real or fake? Do you think a quarterback oh, is oh, responsible for? Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, I don't think it's you know, uh, the, the, and I've seen Trey Wingo tweet about this a lot, and I agree with him. I don't think it's you know fully indicative of the quarterback's ability. You know, obviously. Uh, yes, the quarterback is the one that touches, you know, the ball the most. But um, as Giselle Bunchen once, you know, famously said, the quarterback can't throw and catch the ball at the same time, you know, and defend the other quarterback, you know, all simultaneously. So, no, I do not uh, believe that. Uh, I guess the best way for me to answer that, that the, the quarterback record is uh, a full encompassing stat to uh, illuminate the uh, ability of the quarterback. All right. I love it. I mean, that's the answer I was hoping for. So, uh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then from there, I would just say that, um, you know, you all know that I interviewed uh, Adrian Peterson earlier in the season and, um, you know, one of the comments that, you know, he had made, you know, especially in coming to Detroit was that he felt like, um, you know, this is a team that, you know, has the ability to, um, you know, uh, play and be, you know, more competitive, you know, this year. Um, and I think at the time that I interviewed him, it was after the loss, you know, to the Packers. Um, I think it'll be very interesting, you know, to watch the addition of, uh, you know, Everson Griffin and some of the games that, you know, the Lions have, um, you know, up, you know, coming, um, especially if um, one, you know, you, you know, the quarterback has uh, recently been put on the COVID list and, um you know, the, the pressure he's been taking is, um, you know, been, um, you know, not helpful. Uh, but if some of those things can, you know, get fortified, especially in a league where the uptick in the COVID positive tests are going up and, you know, attrition can happen to any team at any point that will affect, you know, how any game is played, you know, we'll see if they can hang in there within, um, you know, the division and, um, you know, maybe do a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that everybody around here hopes so, and it's such a different season than we're used to seeing, and there's been a lot of injuries, and obviously the the COVID list and everything is changing things as well. It's just, it's it seems like it's almost anybody's anybody's season, you know, like anybody could come up at any point in time. Um, I'm really interested yeah. to see where things are going to be at in January. Yeah, I definitely have to, you know, have, you know, level of the ball bounce your way. I mean, look at the Bengals, I think, you know, prior to last week, and I don't remember what the final score was, so that's why I'm citing prior to last week, but I think five or six of their losses were just one score, you know, so, um, you know, uh, and I know some of the losses that you guys have had or been narrow, obviously some of them not as narrow, but you know, uh, and when I say you guys, I mean the, the Lions team clearly. But um, yeah, so definitely interested to, you know, see how that, um, 
you know, fares out, particularly with all the comments that Everson Griffin has been making this week leading into the matchup against uh, their old team. So definitely we'll be watching that. Yeah, he is definitely, definitely ready to uh, show Mike Zimmer that he's he's a great player and not a good player. Mm -hmm. He's hype. And you know, and everyone knows I know very much about Everson Griffin and he's hype. So (laughs) (laughs) should be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, well, no, I definitely appreciate you having me on the show. Yes. For all of your listeners out there um, who know about my new show, you can check it out at www.undefinedwithjosephineanderson.com. That is the platform to watch the full episodes in the full episode gallery. Obviously, you can also get the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and hopefully we'll be expanding that soon. And, um, you know, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on your platform. Um, Detroit, you know, is definitely a city of soul and passion and um i i appreciate uh every one of your listeners who's been supportive of me as well i couldn't have said it any better we're we're, we're absolutely happy to have you on and um uh, and and we will love to continue to watch uh you you know you work and you're one of the best there is so thanks for coming on and um i want to thank everybody for listening this week and uh, we'll see you next time <laughs>